Welcome to the Husband Factory Podcast. I'm the host and founder, Makita Kamara Omensa. Join me here every week where I help single women meet good men and enjoy great marriages using proven faith-based principles. Now, here's today's episode. Seven steps to train your tongue for marriage. Now, if I know that a few of you are driving, but if you can, I want you to write this down. As high as you want your marriage to go, as high as you want your marriage to go, comma, your mouth has to go there first. As high as you want your marriage to go, your mouth has to go there first. Now, the tongue, we talk about the tongue. This tongue is a small member of the body. Now, the thing about it is as small as it is, it can make or break your marriage. It can make or break your marriage. And your tongue can make or break your world, right? Jesus said the tongue is an unruly member, small member, but it can control. It's like a ship, a rudder of a ship is the smallest part of the ship, but it controls where the ship goes. Your tongue controls where your life goes. And your tongue is what you use your tongue to create words. And by words, we use words for communication. It takes words to get to know each other, right? It takes words to express direction, to give direction. It takes words to share vision. You need words to change an atmosphere. God the Father used words to create the world. So the first thing I want you to know, so like I said, as there's seven steps, the first thing I want you to know is that words are powerful. Words do not evaporate when you speak them. When you speak a word, it's not like it just evaporates into thin air. We heard in the scriptures that death, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So no words are inconsequential. Every word, every single word that comes out of your mouth has a consequence, whether you mean it or not, whether you want it or not, every single word has a consequence. None of them just evaporates, they stick and they're very powerful. So every word you speak about your husband, every word you speak about your destiny, I want you to know it's producing something. Even if it's words you've spoken in the past, they're producing, they're continuing to bruise. When, G, when, when God the Father said, let there be light, wasn't there a reaction? There's a reaction. Whether you see the reaction or not doesn't mean that it's not happening. So the first thing I want you to know is that words are powerful and that you must take responsibility for your mouth. You're 50% of your marriage, so we're not talking about our spouse today, we're talking about ourselves. We have to take responsibility for our, for our mouth and understand the seriousness of the issue. You know, there are people who verbally abused, and they are still dealing with the aftermath of that verbal abuse. Years later, 20, 30 years later, they're still dealing with the aftermath of that verbal abuse, the things that were said to them, the way they were said to them. But you know, the thing about it too is that words are seeds and they can be powerful in a positive way. You can sow the seeds of positive words that will produce good things in your life, good things in your marriage, good things in your children, good things in your destiny. But you cannot afford to not understand the seriousness of your words. You can't afford to feel like, oh, I didn't mean that. There's no such thing as I didn't mean that. And I, that brings me to number two. So number one is that words are powerful. And number two is that words are revealing. Jesus said that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? That a good man out of the good treasure of his heart speaks good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart speaks evil things. So that means that if you're saying something bad, if you're saying something negative, it's revealing who you are. It's not revealing necessarily your identity in Christ, but 
if you find that you say a lot of angry words, if you find that you say a lot of sarcastic words, I don't know if you guys know, but sarcasm is a form of anger. If you're someone that's sarcastic a lot, it's a form of anger. You know, if you find yourself being mean, if you find yourself shutting down, all of those are indicators that there's something wrong with yourself inside. So there's no such thing as I didn't mean it because guess what? Whatever comes out of your mouth shows us what's going on in your heart. And what's going on in your heart could be hurt. You know, sometimes people lash out at anger because it's like, don't get too close. If you get too close, I have to, I'm going to say anything I can with this mouth to protect myself. So if you start, you know, getting onto my sensitive side or you start saying something that's going to hurt me, I'm going to defend myself because I can't allow you to hurt me. You understand what I'm saying? So that's where that hurt and the anger comes out. That's where the mean words are. That's where the lashing out is. It's all defense mechanism, but it's showing you that you have a heart condition problem and you need to fix it because the words that come out of your mouth determine are revealing who you are. So watch your words. Are you defensive when you're corrected? Are you defensive when someone says anything to you that you don't like or you don't agree with? Are you defensive? If you're defensive, that means there's something going on in your heart and you need God to deal with it. So sit down with the Holy Spirit and ask him, why am I like this? Why do I give people the silent treatment? Why am I sarcastic? Why am I angry when I speak? Because it's revealing there's a, some, something going on in your heart, okay? So number one is words are powerful. Number two, words, words are revealing. So that means that bad words can never produce good fruit, right? That's one thing I understand. I want you to, you know, sometimes our parents thought that if they were mean to us or if they made us feel bad enough, it'll make us change. It doesn't work like that. Bad words don't produce fruit. Bad words don't produce any good fruit. Bad words produce bad fruit. Because when you're speaking bad words, you are sowing seeds. You will never get good results with bad words. There's a misconception that if you make someone feel bad enough, if you give it to them, if you make them understand, then they will change. It, that is not true. Bad words will never produce good fruit. Keep that in mind, okay? And then the other thing I want you to keep in mind is that there's a difference between men and women. Now, this is, by the way, there's differences between men and women. We've talked before about men look for solutions where women is looking for to be able to express themselves, to be able to talk it out to be able to show their emotions, whereas men are looking for a solution. But there's another difference between men and women. And this is very, very important. I have to tell you this difference before I, get, before I give you the five other reasons. And the reason why I have to tell you this difference is because I have to put it into context when you're communicating with your husband. Men are modest about emotions the way women are modest about physical intimacy. Think about being intimate with your husband, right? For most women, for most women, if there's somebody else in the house, the door has to be closed, right? You have to feel safe. You have to feel private. You need privacy, right? The way we feel about needing privacy and needing security and physical intimacy is the way men feel about needing privacy and security when it comes to emotions. So you need that sense of, okay, no one's going to see us. No one's going to hear us. They, they, you know, like you need that privacy. That's how they need it for emotions. Men cannot talk in an unsafe environment. Write that down, please. Now, men don't talk anyway, <laughs> but there is a way to get your husband to talk to you. But this is what I'm trying to tell you. Men cannot talk in an unsafe environment. So if you ever shared a word that your husband shared with you in private, 
it's going to be very, 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 very difficult for him to share with you again. You sharing something that your husband shared with you in private is like you and your husband are sleeping together and he takes pictures, you know, whatever, and he shares those pictures with his friends. Imagine if your husband comes to work, the pictures of you guys being together, you know, you and your nightgown, whatever, and he shares those pictures with his co-workers at work. Imagine how you would feel. You would be horrified. Like you would be mortified. You would feel so betrayed. You would feel awful. That's how a man feels when you share something that he shared with you in private. Now, you don't get to determine, well, that, that wasn't even a big deal. You don't get to determine if, if, if what he shared was a big deal or not. Because remember, women can talk about anything when it comes to emotions, right? We can talk about, you know, being depressed, having anxiety, that we're hurting so bad. We can talk about, you know, that we're so lonely. We can talk about we don't have any friends. Nobody likes us. We can talk about anything dealing with emotions. So for us, it's not a big deal because we've been doing this for years. So if a man shares something with you and it may seem, if your husband shares something with you, it may seem so minute and so insignificant, but him sharing it with you and you sharing it with other people is the same as him sharing naked pictures of you with his friends. That's how he's going to perceive it. And if that happens, forget it. He's going to lock down and you're not going to get anything else out of him. Then you're going to be asking, why doesn't he talk? And the thing about men is they won't tell you sometimes they won't tell you, oh, he may be with one of his guy friends and his guy friends is like, oh, I was talking to my wife and she was talking to your wife and your wife said this and that. He may never tell you, he'll just shut down. You know, so you have to be very careful that when the more intimate a conversation a man is having, he has to know two things. He know, he has to know that you're going to be careful with what he's going to tell you and that men need, that's number one, and number two is that they need to hear honor in everything that's being said. When you speak to your husband, he has to hear honor in what you're saying. Everything that you're saying has to convey honor and respect. Otherwise, he can't hear you. And otherwise, communication is going to be very hard. Even if you're telling him something that he did wrong, let it be with honor and respect for him to hear you. You know, as a woman, when for, for us to... Here, what's being said, we have to hear security. We have to hear that we're, we're okay. Everything's okay. We're good. They love us. We're, we're okay. We have to hear that sense of security. But when you're speaking to a man, he has to hear honor. He has to hear respect. Even if you're telling him, I didn't like what you did, honor and respect have to be in there. Okay? So I want to make sure you understand those things. Now, the rest of the steps I'm going to give you are not knowledge steps, their execution steps, okay? So when you're communicating with your husband, these five things have to be a part of it, okay? Number one, care. You have to show him that you care. You have to show him that you're interested. Now, how do you show somebody that you care? And I had to learn this the hard way because I used to always be on my phone because I'm always on my phone. And when I say on my phone, I'm on my phone working most of the time. And I can, because I'm the kind of work I do, people text me 7 p.m., 8 p.m., 9 p.m. And so it's not unlike me to, for me to be on my phone a lot. And so my husband will be talking to me and I'm answering him, but I'm on my phone. Now, to him, that shows that I'm not caring. To me, I don't care if you're on the phone if I'm talking to you. <laughs> but there's a sign that says that to show somebody that you're caring is that you have to give them eye contact. 
So now when he's talking to me, that happened this morning, as a matter of fact. Now when he's talking to me, I put my phone down and I turn around and I look at him. And I give him my full attention while he's speaking. That shows care. If you want your spouse to effectively communicate with you, you have to show care. You have to show that what they're saying matters. And it's not everything that your husband says that is important to you. But if you don't show interest in the things that are not important, when you want him to talk, he's not going to talk. I hope you guys are getting me. You don't get to choose like, oh, when he talks about basketball, it's like, eh, but I really want him to talk about, you know, where the family's going. If you don't show care and interest in the basketball, the chances of him talking to you about where the family's going, what are the vision for the family, all those things that women like to hear, how much he cares about me, the chances of you hearing all those things are slim. You have to show care in everything that he wants to talk about. For a man to take the time to tell you and talk to you, and, and he may be talking about stuff that is like, what in the world? Who cares? Like, there's one day my husband came in. You know, my husband is really obsessed with church, but I'm obsessed with church, so we work. He came in. He was like, do you know, is this, this is like 7 a.m., right? He just came off work. And he's like, do you know that this church on this this church, they did one video. They got 1,000 likes in two hours. Our church, we did a video. We only got 20 likes in two hours. Why do you think that is? In my head, I said, I don't know and I don't care. That's what I said in my head. I said, I don't know and I don't care. But <laughs> that's not what I said. What I said is, oh, okay. Yeah, why do you think? Oh, maybe they, you know. I engage in conversation with him because I want him to talk to me about the things that I do care about. So I have to show concern in the things that he cares about. I have to show him that I care. And it's up, if it's seven o'clock in the morning and that's what he's thinking about, that means that that's important to him. So my eye contact has to show that I care. My body language has to show that I care if I'm going to successfully communicate with him. Okay. So number one is care. Number two is praise. You have to communicate praise. You fell in love because of compliments, right? Isn't that how the two of you fell in love? Oh, you're so pretty. That nobody falls in love with somebody saying, you know, I really don't like your hair. Yeah, yeah, ooh, you need to lose some weight. You're a little pudgy. Nobody falls in love like that. You fall in love because of compliments. So you have to keep the compliments going. You have to keep praise going. You can't have a neck. Now, I don't want you to think that any, anything, any words you say, remember I said words do not evaporate. So any opportunity you have for praise is just putting deposits. It's just sowing seeds into your marriage. And it's sowing seeds into your communication. All of your communication cannot be negative. If you think about it, if the only time you guys talk is for you to tell him how you feel or for you to discuss an issue or for you to discuss what's the next step, that means your, your communication is, is out of balance. You have to have communication that is just praise, pure praise. Man, I love, I love the way you look in those jeans. Man, I like how you dress today. Man, I really, really love the way you take care of this family. I really love the way you helped me today. I really love the way you talked to me today. You have to do praise. You have to, and you have to on purpose, put praise into your marriage. Praise is a discipline. That's why the scriptures say the sacrifice of praise. Because sometimes you don't feel like praise, but you have to do it. Praise is a discipline. Even God says you have to enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Even God doesn't have time for a negative person. Even God doesn't allow negativity into his inner chamber. So if you want to get into somebody's inner chamber, start praising them. Add that on purpose every day. 
sow seeds of praise every day. It's not enough that you guys just talk about the house and the kids and the bills and what you're going to do next. That's regular communication. You need to add praise on purpose, okay? And number three is truth. You need to tell the truth. We talked last week about how if there's something that you're dealing with, you need to tell your spouse the truth. You need to tell your spouse that, hey, this is bothering me. I don't like when you do that. When this happens, this is how I feel. You need to tell them the truth. Scripture admonishes us to speak the truth in love. You need to tell them how you feel. You need to be honest with them. You can't say, oh, well, I'm just going to sweep it under the rug because I don't know how he's going to respond. Because if you do that, remember we talked about last week, if you do that, you're going to get a negative response later on and it's not what you want. So you want to be sure that you speak the truth, no matter how much it hurts. Okay. So number one is care, show care. Number two is praise. Number three is truth. Number four is faith. You, to effectively communicate, you have to have faith. You have to have faith that what you have talked to God about and talked to your spouse about, God is going to enforce it. Because if you don't have faith, do you know what's going to happen? You're going to turn into a nagger. God is the one that enforces. You know how I told you that there's two ways to influence your husband, you can speak with him in an influential way, or you can ask for the influencer, right? But here's the other thing. The Holy Spirit is not just the influencer. He's also the enforcer. You are not the one that's going to change your husband. You can't keep going around expecting him to change, even after you've told him the truth, right? Let's say you told him, sometimes when you talk to me this way, it makes me feel this way. It reminds me of, you know, how I was teased in middle school, or it reminds me of how my family mistreated me when I was younger. After you've told him that, you have to have faith to believe that God will work it out in his heart and God will, that's why you married a believer, right? You wanted a believer because you wanted somebody that can be influenced by the Holy Spirit. So you have to have faith. If you don't have faith, you're going to turn into a nagger. You're going to be nagging the guy because you're going to be wanting to change him. He has to change. He has to change. I've told him this and he still hasn't changed. Have faith after you've told the truth that God is the enforcer. After you tell the truth, leave it with God. So number four is faith. And number five is surrender. You and I have to surrender this tongue to Jesus. Remember what I told you about words. Words have the power to create life. They have the power to create death. No word that comes out of your mouth is without a consequence. There's a consequence behind everything that you say. Oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, I always make these kind of mistakes. There is a production that starts, or oh, I can't be consistent in anything. Oh, I'm always procrastinating. Those are words that we just say out of like, like it's nothing. We let them flow from our lips like it's nothing. Or I, I don't really know, or when we're in, you know, high in our emotions, I don't know if this marriage is even gonna work. Why did I even marry them? None of those words will, the Bible says you will give an account for every idle word that comes out of your mouth. So if we're going to give an account for every idle word that comes out of our mouth. Imagine the words that we're speaking and they're producing and that they're what they're producing. Some of the things that are happening in our lives today is things as words that we spoke years ago that we're now bearing the fruit. But guess what? Guess what? Because of the blood of Jesus, we can cancel those things. We can cancel every idle word that we've spoken. Ask Jesus to cancel every idle word that you've spoken that was producing negative fruit in your life, that is producing death in your life, that is producing insecurity in your life. Because 
you know, we hear Satan and then we speak what he says. We hear Satan tell us that, you know, you can't do this or, you know, you never do this right. And then we say it out loud. So we just end up in a cycle of not producing what we want. But you can ask Jesus to destroy all of those, ask him to forgive you for all those negative words and to destroy all the fruit that is in your life now because of the words that you've spoken. And then you need to surrender this tongue. Say, this tongue doesn't belong to me anymore. Other people can do whatever they, whatever they want to do with their tongue, but my tongue, my tongue belongs to Jesus. This tongue belongs to God. I'm going to give an account one day for this tongue. So I surrender it. This mouth belongs to God. I will not justify being mean. I will not justify doing any, saying anything with this tongue that doesn't glorify God. I don't care what other people are doing. I don't care what other people are saying. I don't care how justified I am in it. Like sometimes you're right to be mad, but I'm not going to let this tongue, because it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. So I have to speak what God wants me to speak. I have to say what God wants me to say. I have to glorify God with this tongue. So number five is surrender. Jesus, I give this tongue to you. Let it build up my marriage. Let it build up my children. Let it build up my life. Let it build up my destiny. You know, sometimes you can feel like, oh, is this even working? Like I saw, you may be trying to build your business. You may be trying to build your career and you may feel like things are not working. It's not for you to say. Your tongue does not belong to you. Surrender that tongue to Jesus. Let him say about your business, about your life, about your career, what his word says. This is how women of faith have been able to transform their marriages. This is how women of faith have been able to transform their life, transform nations, nations, countries by words. So I hope you got something out of this training today. I hope that you've been enriched by learning the steps to train your tongue. And I hope you never forget how powerful every single word. You don't get to pick and choose. You don't get to say, oh, I didn't mean that. The minute it comes out, it starts going to work to produce what you said. May we never say anything that we don't want to see in our lives. And may we never say anything to our spouse that we don't want to see in their lives. I'm sure you got a lot out of today's episode. Don't forget to share. And guess what? The conversation doesn't have to end here. Hop online to www.husbandfactory.com to subscribe to my VIP newsletter. Just scroll to the bottom of any page and you'll see the button there. Remember, all the great love stories you've ever heard out of all of them, yours is going to be the best. Can't wait to hear it. See you next week.